What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Total Take Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben, with my buddy, Anthony. How you doing today, Anthony? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, just, I don't know, kind of just waiting, waiting for these finals to start, to be honest with you. I'm kind of done with conference finals. Yeah, you might be done, though, but they they are not done. They're not. Well, one of them's not done yet. I know. I know. Stephen A. Smith will have you believe the opposite. Um, and basically, every analysis is called the Raptors Buck series done. What five times now? Like after every uh, game, it's, I was going to say done, how many basically. games we had five. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but um, let's start with the series that's actually done, and that is uh, that is Warriors and Blazers. Well, we can just recap it pretty quick. I. I mean, you can do it quick because it was a quick series. Four games. Uh, no one could touch the Warriors even without Kevin Durant. I guess. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Blazers didn't exactly play well. Like their best player thought the series was Myers Leonard. So. Yeah, there was some some strange stuff going on that series, for sure. Um, I I want to I want to just touch on the hot topic right away. The Warriors are not better without Kevin Durant. Like I think that's obvious. They're so more I don't think fun. we need to spend any time on it. But is that fair to say? Can I say they're more fun? Yeah. No, I mean they are. I mean, what happens when their star goes down is everyone has to raise their game, and so that's what happened. Everybody raised their game, but is that can that last the whole playoffs? Can that last? You know, is it, is it sustainable? I don't know. But that is the one thing we said when they signed Kevin Durant is we said, well, this means that even if one of Kevin Durant or Steph Curry gets injured, they still have a chance to win the title. Yeah. And so now that now all of a sudden it's happening, we're like, whoa, what what the heck are they like? Uh, no, it's just the worst. Steph Curry's really good. Like third best player in the NBA, maybe. Uh, uh, if you value consistency, I think yes. There's definitely an argument to be had. Definitely an argument to be had. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Watching the Warriors without Durant this past series, it's the closest, I think. I mean, to be fair, like the plenty of Warriors teams before without Kevin Durant were like this, but the closest I feel we get to like that like 2014 like Spurs, where there was just like beautiful basketball. And it was just like such a joy to watch. Yeah. Because Katie's yeah. really their only ISO guy. It's essentially, yeah. I mean, Curry does it like once in a while or whatever. But I mean, even the Spurs had that when, like, you know, Parker or like Ginobili back then would ISO once in a while. And so yeah. you do need that, but it's still just like the ball's moving, everyone's having fun, everyone's taking taking threes, taking just open shots in general. Never mind if they're threes, layups, mid range doesn't really matter. Curry Curry's ISOs too are usually like after action. Yeah, he doesn't just dribble the ball up the corner. Oh, okay, now it's it's not like he just catches it in Kobe Land and starts jabbing, 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 pump fake, turn, turn, you know, and then make a move, you know. So it doesn't. It feels like more beautiful basketball. It feels like more fluid basketball even during Curry ISOs, um, in my opinion. But maybe maybe I'm just. So biased. I mean, I've made it clear I'm a big Steph Curry fan. So maybe I just enjoy watching him do things. But no, it's been fun. Draymond, Draymond. I don't want to call it a resurgence, but it's kind of been that. It, there's no other word to describe it, really. 
I, I know what you're saying where you don't want to say like Draymond exactly wasn't like dead to the world before, but these past couple series, I'd say, because I don't even think he was really popping off in like round one, to be honest. He's just allowed to do so much more Draymond things. Like it's it's back to the old Warriors where Draymond, there's a lot of playmaking with Draymond. Draymond, we don't associate him as like the same level of role guy as like a Gobert or peak DeAndre Jordan because he's not finishing at the rim. But he is one of the best role guys in the league just because get him the ball and he makes great decisions out of it. You know? Yeah. Uh, even like non-Draymond three things he's been doing, like he's he's been scoring the basketball a lot more than we typically associate with him, to be fair. I mean, his stat line in game four, the close of the game, is like picture perfect. Well, besides the six turnovers. Yeah, well. But I mean, two blocks, three steals, 11 assists, 14 rebounds, 18 points, 13 shots. Like, <laughs> he can't do much more except, as I said, to cut the turnovers down. I mean, we're, we expect turnovers from the Warriors. Like, that's the like, that is, really that only Achilles heel they have. Yep. As I said, they they really love that semi-transition, the chaos, just like, and chaos, chaos gets you a lot of open threes, but chaos also gets you some, some turnovers. And they're usually not bad turnovers because they're usually like when you're pushing the ball, like they're usually not the sort of one where you're just giving up free points, generally speaking. Um, you know, if I was a good host, I'd already have the numbers pulled up of points off turnovers by the Blazers, you know? But I'm not. No one ever accused you of that. No, no. Luckily not. Luckily not. I've set the expectations uh, very low there. So um, that's been good. Uh, I mean, this. I mean, you say closeout game was like your game two was my favorite dream game. Eight for twelve from the floor. Ten boards, seven assists, five blocks, five oh, yeah. fouls. That's Draymond. That's Draymond. I, I mean, the point is just the the activity level. You know, this, whatever he's doing in the box score, it's not like a, a three, two, and five night for him, which we've seen from him, both in the regular season and the postseason. Um, and so I don't want to say he's better without Kevin Durant because he's not, but he just has more responsibility of without Kevin Durant. And he's a very good player, so he can he can take advantage of that responsibility, especially in the playoffs when you're only, you're, you're not, no back-to-backs. It was only four games, you know? Yep. Um, and so I, the other thing I want to say with the Warriors is I think we were both like, last time we talked, we were like, well, if there's no Kevin Durant and it's Warriors Bucks, I might have to take Bucks. And I'm pretty sure now it's just like, not nah, War- Warriors it, got this. Warriors, no matter what. I believe there there's something like minus two fifty, minus two seventy five, which even still seems kinda low. Yeah, unless all of a sudden like Steph Curry tears an ACL like playing golf or something in between these games. I I don't see how oh should it be anything less than like minus this should be like three fifty, four hundred. Exactly. Um because that's the thing, right, with the Warriors, they could they can deal with one of those guys going down. They can't deal with both, though. So that's why they're, they're overwhelming favorites when they have both of them healthy, you know? Um, but, yeah. And then I don't really know what to say about the Blazers. I mean, 
I know you got swept in the conference finals, but you can't look at the season like a failure. I mean, you can't. But then it's like... I don't know. It's weird how it's not a failure, but I feel like everyone, like especially in the West, just has this overwhelming feeling of just helplessness after watching this, this series go down. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely not a failure, but it's tough to say where you go from here. Yeah. No, I think I think this was always going to be a tough matchup for the Blazers. Um, but then again, I mean, you knew this matchup was coming. You were never going to win the title without going through the Warriors. Yeah. Plus, you, there's the uh, whole... You always get the little injury excuse, like with the Lillard stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, he was hurt, whatever. Imagine if he was healthy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But... I mean, a lot of these games were close, too. Like, even though it was a 4-0, I mean, there was some overtime. It very easily could have not been 4-0. Yeah, but, I mean, besides, game, game one was kind of wide, uh, wide yeah, open. Well, um, yeah, but... The, um, the gap was open. But but then the other ones, you know, in overtime, a couple close games. Yeah. We're 2-1 possession games, right? And then... Yep. He's relatively close. So yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. I think I think they need to modernize their big man rotation. I mean, the the problem with this team, right, is I think you got to build with your wings. It's a wing league, in my opinion. Now I know the Warriors just kind of did that with Draymond is their only like plus wing, but. So I think I think they could they could they could use to to get another stretch four in here, especially someone that maybe you can go super small and move play at the five. Um, could be Scott Lavazier. I don't know. Um, uh, I thought it I would be, be when he got drafted, but uh, I don't think it's that's a tough look. Or just get I don't know, just get a plus like small forward or something like that. Because as well as like. Rodney Hood played like in the playoffs overall. I think that's the answer. And Evan Turner definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say you could get like a sixteen million dollar year small forward. That would be that's kind of what this roster needs, doesn't it? Pretty much. But an actual one, not you know, a six million dollar year wing getting paid ten million extra, you know. Yeah, or you could even get like another like somewhat oversized like two guard or something. I don't know where you're gonna find. Yeah. That that void. I think you need some some size uh, that can do stuff with the basketball, um, and also be out there on the floor. Like you can't really beat Miles Leonard on defense, and even Zach Collins, I don't think, and even Antis, Enos Cantor. I think all three of them struggled quite heavily <laughs> on the defensive end, as as one would expect. But still, um, and I, I bet Nurkic would have too. Honestly, I mean, this just isn't. It's hard to play centers against the Warriors. Yeah, despite the metric, the defensive metrics, I still don't think Yusuf Nurkic is like this all-world defender. No, no, it. I don't think so either. Um, he's a fine regular season defender, but as we've learned, I mean, Gobert's the best defensive player in the regular season, right? I mean, we both had him defensive player of the year. Yes. And then it comes down to the playoffs, and he can't play defense. And then uh, Draymond Green is the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, like... The center position is by no means obsolete. 
I think Al Horford, the way he plays it, and even Joel Embiid, the way he plays it, definitely. But I think it's fair to say the defensive impact a center can have is diminished in the postseason, and it becomes harder and harder to play them unless they're providing you this insane offensive value that Embiid does, or they're able to move their feet well like Al Horford does. And Embiid sometimes does. Yeah, as Embiid can if he just got into shape one of these years. In shape and healthy, but that's besides the point. Um, Speaking of centers, just briefly, uh, slight chance Boogie comes back before like Kevin Durant for the Warriors, which I think would be very interesting. It very much would be. It very much would be. Um, Considering they basically don't play a center at this point? Yeah. At all? Like, they start Bogut sometimes, and it's like he's out within like five minutes. That could be... Their backup's like... Doris Jerebko and, like, Jordan Bell. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting, though, because, I mean, we saw Mark Gasol. I mean, you're basically allowing Mark Gasol to stay on the floor if you play Cousins. Assuming that's the matchup. Um, so that, that'll be an interesting look there to see what happens there. Um, Probably, but it's, it also helps to just have another guy, another guy to just give the basketball to sometimes. And give oh, definitely. Curry and Clay a break. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to move on to the series that isn't complete yet? Well, oh. yeah. I'm not saying it's done. I'm just not. Like, it does, I don't, it doesn't feel done at all. I don't care that it's 3-2. I don't care that t- they're going back to Toronto. I really don't. Um, it's not over. There's still two more games. I mean, maybe it, if it, here's the reason why I think it might be over. Okay. The one reason where I'm like, you know what? You want to say it's over? It's fine. Paul Pierce said it was over after game two. That's fair. Actually, d- fair. during game two. That's, yeah. So, currently, um, a team is undefeated. Uh, once Paul Pierce said their opponent had won the series. So, that, that's the only reason where I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe the Raptors have just wrapped this thing up. Like, but. Um, but, but, but. To counteract that point, the Raptors do have the Drake curse. That is true. Can we not talk about Drake, though? I just... Uh, I mean, I'm perfectly fine not talking. I just want to bring up that one point. Like, okay, that's fine. I, I just, don't exactly like, want to go on a fucking soliloquy about the guy. I could tell I us about like him. He's been getting so much talk about, oh, the, they played a Drake song and this and that. And like, I don't really care about Drake. But yes, they do have I the mean, Drake curse. They do have the Drake curse. The Drake curse is real. It, it could be fun to talk about him or whatever for some weird like comedy angle. Like that's just not what we're about. So there's no need for us. To talk we don't about have time. We do this an hour a week. So yeah, we don't we don't gotta fill four hours a day like uh, first take does, for example. So, but um, yeah, I think this fight back from the Raptors has been quite impressive, and I mean. Obviously, that starts and ends with with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's been just phenomenal. He's been uh, unreal this whole whole damn series, the whole postseason, really. You know, he's had a couple duds in there. To be perfectly fair, he's he showed up when he's had to. Trying to think, what was the? There's this one game in this postseason. I can't even remember what the fuck it was. Like Kyle Lowry absolutely went off, and like the entire rest of the Raptors team decided to not show up. Like the uh, whole fourth quarter. It was against the 76ers. Yeah. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was late in the seventy six. It was that game that Philly won. Yeah, where Lowry went off and no one else did anything in the fourth. Yep, I remember the one you talk about. Yeah, so it's like uh, this whole this series, like you know, why been very good, but he, he does have the potential to just throw up a stinker. Yeah, um, he's done an amazing job on Giannis. I mean, Giannis is still Giannis, so so like an amazing job on Giannis. Maybe it might not look like that to the make, naked eye, but I did see some stats today about per, points per possession, and Kawhi just like is like the only one that can do anything on Giannis like in the entire NBA this postseason. So doing work there. I, I just I saw that too. That was kind of ridiculous. Um. Kawhi will be the fourth highest scoring Raptor uh, in postseason history pretty soon. He's about to pass Jonas Valanciunas. So maybe oh. he might be third. Maybe he's already fourth. Wait. Wouldn't he be... Like just total postseason points? Total postseason points, yeah. Not points per game. Wouldn't it be... Lowry, DeRozan, Vince Carter ahead of him? Hey, who's the third guy? Vince Carter? I don't believe so. No, it's not what I saw today. Valanciunas oh. was ahead of him. I think he's about to pass Valanciunas. Maybe, maybe he was there. I don't know. I'll look up the stat. It's an interesting stat. Oh, I have I'm, the just, I'm just thinking over a number of seasons. I'll say the Kawhi stat right now. He, uh, Giannis is averaging 15.9 points per 100 possession when Kawhi is covering him. Next closest are like Blake Griffin, Marvin Williams, Pascal Siakam all around just above 30 and a lot of those are small sample size so uh no uh franchise history uh kyle lowry has 1126 points demar derozan 1117 george valanciunas 544 and Kawhi leonard has 534 so Kawhi leonard will be passing jonas valanciunas oh interesting yep Oh, and Kyle Lowry just passed her as in two for the number one spot, so good, good for him as well. Yay! But um, yeah, I I don't know, I I don't really know what to say entirely because as I said, the series isn't over. A lot of things could change. I don't think home court, like I think the Bucks can go in there and do it. But the weather Raptors have been playing this past three games. I mean, they really, they really stepped it up. They really did. I mean, I would say all three, all three of their best players, Lowry, Siakam, and Leonard, are all just playing quite well. I mean, Siakam's nowhere near as efficient as I was, I would like, but <laughs> Lowry's, Lowry's playing great. Kawhi, great. You know, um, it's just so much disappointment. You know, this is the problem with the Bucks too, as we said, like. Uh, you know, I was. This is why I picked the Raptors. I, outside of Giannis, I just like. I don't know what I'm getting from a night tonight from these guys. You know, Middleton scored six points on nine shots last night. Yikes. Bledsoe was pretty good last night, but like he's been trash a lot of the other games. So we can't on the we can't count on the twenty nine eleven from Brook Lopez every night. Is what you're saying? Oh man. By the way, that was my least favorite analysis after game one. Was people going, yeah, the Bucks won, but Brooke Lopez can't do that again. So therefore, like, you know, that's the thing with the Bucks. They have a bunch of guys that can go off. 
besides Giannis, I mean, who just always goes off. Like Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe, even Miritich or Brogdon, they can all have great games. The thing with the Giannis is, like, he hasn't had, like, a bad game, I want to say. But I just want, I want, I want a great game from him, you know? Drop, yeah. like, 40, drop, like, 40, 15, and 12 or something, you know? I think, I think he's struggling against the Raptors' defense. I mean, that, no, he definitely is. Like, I'm, give, give the Raptors credit, but it's like, at some point, assert yourself. Yeah, I think, I think this is... This is why we, we hate being able to pull up, right? We, we, we generally don't love guys that are just pulling up from mid-range all the time. But it's a nice counter. Yeah. And that's just not his game. And so the Raptors are doing a really good job of helping off the guys they can't help off of, clogging the paint, especially early in the possession. So semi-transition and transition Giannis isn't getting easy layups because the paint's clogged. And Giannis doesn't have the tools yet to counter that. His tool is to pass it, and he's a great passer. He's getting, you know, five to ten assists every game. It's not like he's playing bad, as you said, but it's just this is the next level where, you know, this is the difference between him and Kevin Durant, right? They're both absolute freaks of nature. But Kevin Durant can pull up from wherever, and Giannis can't. Honestly, Giannis basically has to get to the rim if he's going to score. I'm not a coach. I'm not some, like, super... Crazy guy, crazy smart basketball guy. But I'd like to see Giannis. Obviously, his shot's not great. So I don't know how. I'd like to see him a little off ball, just kind of moving around, trying to just find spots to, like, to get him going towards the basket, catching the ball. Just get him near the hoop. Because to be honest, uh, he's such a freak that you could just huck a shot up there and he might just get an offensive rebound like every goddamn time. Well, th- I mean, that's the, kind of the point they were making at the end of the game last night where Giannis was out, which. I never fully understood why he was out. I mean, they were the announcers were saying he's tired. I, I'm not really sure that's it, but I mean, the Raptors basically sealed the game on an offensive rebound when Giannis wasn't out there, and you never know what would have happened there. I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Put him in more rebounding positions to get the ball. I think, I think, post him up maybe some more too. Post him up, decoy. Um, I do think it is tough though for him to move off ball entirely. He's so damn long; it's so easy to chip him. Yeah. You know, if you're like running off screens, it's it's just so he's so huge that it's it's hard to just move him around everywhere. He's so easy to just chip here or there and just sort of prevent him from getting clubbing with him. And it's hard to call things like that too because he is so long. Um, it, it, true, but at the same time, it's like they don't exactly do it. It'd be a fun wrinkle, I think, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it might be. Like, consider they have so many ball handlers too. I mean, they they basically play three point guards. Anything to get him going at this point. Yeah, and I I feel like all three of their point guards have had good moments this this postseason. Let's yep. so Hill and Brogdon. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe try to get some switches too. Um, you gotta get Kawhi off him somehow. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi's the Kawhi's like the best wing defender in the league for a reason because it's hard to get him off him. But that's that's something too. You you probably you probably you probably want to get your hottest three point shooter and you play a lot and just run pick and rolls with Giannis and so make him either 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 hedge to Giannis hard and like keep him from doing it or give up three pointers and give him three pointers that way or do the opposite and just work some action there. 
Um, yeah, right right now that they're just it's just not efficient, you know. Uh, not in the, I don't know. It's weird because it's been a relatively close series, but it's just not exciting to me. And I thought I'd be more excited. It hasn't been the level of excitement that I would have liked, but it's still been really fun. Um, I just feel like as you, as we kind of talked about, too many there's too many guys that aren't really playing well. And I think it's just because these coaches are so smart that, like, they're really taking away what a lot of these guys are good at. Maybe. Maybe. Also, it's like, it's like coverage take. Watching the game last night, I want to rip my ears out with what they had doing the, the game on TNT. So that didn't help either. Yeah, I was trying to. It was well, it was C Web, um, Reggie. C Web, Reggie, and Marv Albert. Marv Albert, yeah. Can, can you have a worse booth? Just a trio of yikes. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. Um, as I've talked about, I, I didn't really listen to the game much. I was watching some um, esports, actually. Uh, and, uh, yeah, those those commentators are more fun to listen to than, than Reggie Miller. So, actually, I, I hate I hate listening to see about Mother Reggie Honest, Miller. Honestly... When Reggie would talk, I'd be like, this sucks. But then I'd be like, at least C-Web's not talking. So, I don't know. That's... Especially since these games, they don't start late, but they're not exactly early. Yeah. So if, once you get into the fourth quarter, it's like, I'm kind of tired, and like this isn't like exciting in the slightest. And Is it worth stay, me staying up, or should I just rewatch the fourth? The end yeah. of the fourth, like on YouTube tomorrow. Like, no kidding, no kidding. But you did you did see some heroics last night. I mean, wasn't much. Very choppy end of the game last night. Um, very choppy with all the reviews and everything. Um, and I know they've done away with a lot of those late in game timeouts. They've tried to make it less choppy, but like, man, what a choppy end of the game. Still gonna be. I mean, that's what happens when you have the Tony brothers out there, right? Yeah. What are you gonna yeah. What are you gonna do? It's- I don't know. I don't think there's something wrong with the product that is the NBA, but it can be frustrating at times. Yeah, it can be. Um, all right, though. I think the biggest news maybe might be the lottery, though, because craziness happened. So if you're ready big, to big, move along. Big yikes. Big what the fuck. Um, and before we talk about the lottery, can I just say how disgusted – I was by the coverage of this lottery, post post lottery. The full way disclosure, full, full disclosure, I didn't actually watch the lottery live. I didn't either. Um, but I heard it was bad. Oh, yep. Um, but like ESPN, remember when they 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 suspended Bill Simmons and ultimately didn't renew his contract for him calling Roger Goodell a liar? Yes. I think what Stephen A. said was maybe worse. Like, if I was running ESPN, I would contemplate suspending him. Where he was like, come on, NBA, why do you give me these small markets at the top? Why couldn't you just... You got New York and LA in three and four, and you got these small markets I wanted to. Can't you just... And I'm just like, 
I just, I just, I just couldn't stand the way this was covered. That's like, tough. And I'm just like, I just honestly, to me, if I saw that, I would have been disgusted. Um, like if I was his boss or something. Imagine how you feel if you're a fan of like New Orleans and Memphis. Like you're like, what the fuck? Like what? What? Why are you talking shit about us? You you know, and it's like, I just you, you, New New York had a fourteen percent chance of the number one overall pick. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you were never really gonna get it. Let's be honest here. Like there was a fourteen percent chance. Like, I just the way this was covered in the postseason, and then everybody started going, should Zion go back to school? Thank you, Jalen Rose, for pointing out the obvious. Like, uh, this this man's about to sign a $100 million uh, shoe deal. He's not going back to school. Like, thank you, Jalen Rose, for, like... That's, that's the biggest no shit like, I can think of. Like, Jalen Rose is the only guy in ESPN that was saying the obvious things here. He's like, don't waste my time. This like, stupid talk. We we talk about analysis a lot that we don't like, but thank you, Jalen Rose. I do I do really appreciate you. Um, see, I was just absolutely disgusted how this lottery was covered after the fact and even during it. I mean, all of what we talked about was Zion. Like, give it a rest. You know, you know, I've heard I've heard Zion's the best prospect since LeBron James. Like, I, I'm sorry. Do, do you not remember one year ago in Luka Doncic? With Doncic, Odin. Uh, we do this every year. It feels like uh, Davis, obviously. Simmons was like super hyped too. Mm-hmm. Like Simmons is the best since. I I think Davis actually. Davis was far and away the prospect of the draft, but I don't think, at least for me, I didn't know. I didn't have him as like can't miss as many others did. I, I think even Towns was like super high up too. At Towns is another revisionist history because he was debated with Okafer for like the entire year until the very end. Really, like, he, he was, but then it was like as we oh, got closer, we were like, "Oh shit!" We just watching those guys run. It was like, "Yeah, I know who I want." Um, but I, I don't know. know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I was just was so disgusted with this media. Like, and this is, you know. But but the I, thing is, we also didn't go into the year saying Zion's the clear cut number one. I still playing the percentages. I agree, Zion is number one, and like Zion has the highest percentage of being like a generational talent. Yeah, but in terms of like, if you had to, if you told me which player has the highest percentage of making second team All NBA, I would tell you RJ Barrett. That's fair. If you told, told me who is the highest percentage of making first and who is the highest percentage of making third, I would tell you Zion. And maybe that's me hedging my bets. But I just think there's a chance Zion does not become a good enough, I don't want to say ball handler, but a good enough guy that you just want that ball in his hands a, a whole lot. Yeah. Whereas I think RJ has a better chance of being that guy. But if they both end up that, Zion will just be a much higher ceiling considering like his his tools considering he's like 6 8 280 pounds of thick 
Right, because if he gets there to, to like being a point forward, basically, then yeah, he's going to be absolutely generational. I'm just not sure he can get there, and I think I think RJ can can more more likely get to that point where you really do want the ball in his hands a lot. And that's not even mentioned John Morant and other guys as well. Yeah. So, um, let's get to the lottery, though. I guess I, my rant's over. If you want to continue ranting, you can. But I just, I just I, had to get it off my chest. I was so disgusted, honestly. It. I don't know. If we go through this every, we go through some sort of bullshit every year with the draft process, where there's always a stupid take that permeates until like players are actually drafted, and then sometimes even afterwards. I don't know. It was a stupid take last year. Oh, just that Lucas shouldn't go number one. That was the stupid take. Yep. And it's incredibly uh, stupid. The stupid take this year is just um, the whole what should Zion do or whatever. Yep. The year the year before was was everybody saying there's no way Danny Inge can win this trade. Oh yeah. I mean, literally, people were saying there was no way he can win this trade because they thought Marco Fultz is that can't miss. You know, they said even if their Tatum and Fultz end up even, that Danny Ainge will lose the trade somehow. I don't, I don't know how. So there's, there's one every year. There's a ridiculous take every year. You know, the year before that was the Dragon Bender at four stuff. Oh. Um, was the year before that Okafor? No, that was two years before. No, that was the year before, wasn't it? I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. There's, there's stuff every year going on. It's kind of silly. Um, Hazonia, stuff like that, you know. Oh, I love I love. Stephen A's Chris Stapp's Porzingis reaction, you know. Entire city in New York's Chris Stapp's Porzingis reaction. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah this, uh, this... Maybe a decent take at this point in time. We should yeah. revisit that take. <laughs> yeah, who knows. Um, but I will say here, here with this, this, this lottery is absolute insanity. If the NBA just wanted to create headlines uh, by reworking the lottery... To smooth it out, they did. They accomplished that because it used to be only three teams could hop up, and now four teams can hop up, and the lottery is way more smooth. So there's a lot more randomness, and they achieved that. We got randomness. We got insanity. I don't know. I know you're anti this lottery reform. I could care less, to be honest. I, I just hate adding more randomness. I don't give a shit. Like this this basically you're letting coin flips decide the future of the NBA. I'm sorry, I don't enjoy that. Uh, I, at the end of the day, I think good teams will still make good picks and be good, and stupid teams will still make stupid picks and be bad. That's so fair, but I, I don't f- care. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. I don't think it affects it that much. But, like, the Lakers jumping up. To, it matters a lot with these pick protections, right? Just think how lucky the Lakers have gotten with the lottery the past couple of years. Yeah, but they still suck. They still do suck, absolutely. But, but like, it, but that pick could have gone to other teams. You know, there's a pick they owed to the Magic, I believe, that just never got conveyed because they kept getting lucky in the lottery. Now, the Magic might have fucked that, up, that pick up, too. But there's just all these things that happen with results of coin flips and like whether teams won or lost trades and like I just think it's kind of kind of crazy that we're just like uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's fair. As you said, it doesn't probably matter that much in the in the long haul. But like, 
uh, I don't know. We we would get some crazy shit would happen before. Maybe more crazy shit happens now. It's not that big of a difference to me. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's very unlikely that one one team will just get like just win a lot and be like, oh, now we're like good now. Like that's happened. Has it happened since? I mean, Cle- Cleveland's second title run basically was because they kept winning the lottery. Uh, it also happened because LeBron was like, "I feel bad." Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he's going back there if they didn't have pieces to trade for Kevin Love and they didn't have Kyrie Irving. Fair, but if they kept winning the lottery, they would. It'll probably suck right now, even if LeBron if LeBron wasn't from true, true. Like, it's it's twofold. It's twofold. Oh, it's not not exactly the end all be all. Yep. Oh. Yep. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but um, what this means for the NBA? I mean, for starters, I think the first thing you got to go for is the Anthony Davis aspect. I mean, New Orleans won on the first overall pick, and so it doesn't matter in the sense that like, oh, now New Orleans is going to keep AD because they have Zion, but it matters in the sense that now another team can't offer Zion for Anthony Davis. No other team can because New Orleans has it, you know? And so that's that's a major thing. Um, it's, it's almost like they're a blocker there from, say, the Lakers or New York winning it, and then all of a sudden they have the big chip and that stuff. Um, but now, I mean, there's a chance that could New Orleans end up with pick one and three in this draft when it's all said and done? I mean, they could, but you got to think. If you're New Orleans, what do you want for Anthony Davis? Do you want that third pick, or do you just feel like there's no like prospect there that you're just like, oh, it's worth it? Or do you you just look at uh, it's probably going to be the Boston offer and be like, oh, we want one of those players that we know who they are. We want the Tatum or we want the Brown, one or the other. Like You just value that guy more than the third pick? Yeah. Could that's be. entirely possible. Could be. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, you know, is it getting the first pick and potentially Zion is going to sway Anthony Davis to want to stay? I think that was a talk for a day and people were like, oh, but no, no, not, no. not going to happen. Crazy talk. But it does make it much easier for your franchise to rebuild now. Yeah. I do think it pushes you in that direction that, gee, if you even move Drew Holiday this offseason, you could really, really build a great young core, especially because you have David Griffin in there. As you said, the bad teams will remain bad because they're dumb. I don't think David Griffin is dumb. Definitely not dumb. I don't think he's the, you know, some absolute genius prodigy Thing, no, I but, would. I w- I'm not going to be like he's the savior, but he's not exactly whatever the fuck they got going on in Phoenix or something like that. You know, I think if you give him one, if you if you if he does actually have power, and the Bensons can't come in and make dumb decisions, that's one. And two, if you give him a bunch of assets, he's not gonna he's not gonna ruin it like like Phoenix will exactly. Like yeah. he'll make good picks. He'll hire the right people. He'll develop guys like. He's a smart guy, so so that's really good for the rebuild. If I were them, I would seriously consider tearing it down. You could build up pretty quick if you tear down this year. 
get rid of both Drew and Anthony Davis, get a bunch of young players. All of a sudden, you got like the best young core in the league, which doesn't guarantee you shit, but it's a great start. Um, at least hope. Yeah, you don't exactly have right now. Yeah, the Western Conference. I guess you do have hope right now because you won the first overall pick. But yeah, aside that, you don't really have. It. Yeah, um, and then let's just keep going because Memphis getting number two. Number two really matters because now Mike Conley might get moved. I think he might have got moved anyway, and now it's probably uh, yeah. We're probably gonna try to move Mike Conley like really, really hard now. Yeah, like he's gone, and that becomes really interesting because. I think Kyrie Irving is is the point guard of the talk of the offseason, but some teams can't get Kyrie Irving because they're capped out, such as Miami, who's interested in Mike Conley. But also, Mike Conley could be, you don't get Kyrie Irving, you don't get Mike Conley. Mike Conley could be Celtics, you just lost Kyrie Irving, now go get Mike Conley. A lot of things could happen. Um, but the Mike Conley thing is also weird because his contract is so not desirable that it's like, we want to get the, we want to, Get the Mike Conley the fuck out of Dodge, but he's also good enough where there might be like a slight—I don't want to say like bidding war, but like multiple teams might want him. Yeah. So it's like, who really has the leverage here? Yeah. See, that's what I was saying. I I didn't actually think he would have gotten moved. I think if if they really wanted to move, they would have already done it. I just think because of that contract, he's probably more worth it to them just selling tickets than he is trading for like a late first or something. And bad contracts probably taking back. You know, yeah. Um, but now, if you get John Morant, which I assume that's where they're going to go, um, but they could, they could go, they could go. You know what? If they're like, we're Memphis, we like getting eight seeds, just making the playoffs, and we want to run Conley, RJ, and Jaron Jackson Jr. next year, try to get the eight seed. I don't know. I could see him doing that too. I could, but I, for all intents and purposes, right now it's John Morant, right? I think it has to be. And then, then we got the two big market teams, New York, Los Angeles. Who really knows where the fuck these guys are going to go with their picks, to be honest, at this point? I think if New York's keeping it, I've heard the angle that R.J. Bear is close with Nash and Kevin Durant is also close, close with Nash. Yeah. So if that's the play, that might be the move there. Plus, R.J. at three would not be a bad pick at all anyways. No. Um, but it all depends what, what they're doing with the pick. Um, I mean, Lakers, <laughs> should we talk about the disaster that is the Lakers right now? Oh my God, man. Part of me wishes everybody did that. What magic just did where when you just leave a poorly run organization and just set it on fire in the media, but he did it in like the magic way where he was like smiling the whole time and being like, they're still my friend, stuff like that. Like, Really weird, but he just like eviscerated them at the same time. Like, who, who after hearing that, who wants to go work with Rob Polinka now? Like at any level. Do you want to be a player working for him? Do you want to be some a front office member working with him? Do you want to like? Do you want anything to do with him? Do you want to be an agent working with him? Like, I, I don't know. I I I certainly wouldn't. So, uh, yeah, they're they're in a bad spot. It's, it's, it's a good thing for them they're in fucking Los Angeles, or else they would be probably the worst riches. 
And they're they're lucky they moved up. I believe they moved up seven spots. So that's pretty insane. Now they got some hope. Because oh, even if you don't get of- Anthony Davis, maybe you go get Mike Conley. Maybe LeBron would like to play with Mike Conley. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Actually, even if you fuck up the pick, your hope should be, hey, maybe LeBron can play like 75 games next year. Yeah. I don't know what they do, though, because I think they're young players. Did any of the young players' stock improve? No. Maybe Josh Hart? That's... Mm, yeah. But he, he was always going to be bit. the fourth biggest asset anyways. I don't know. I do love how they had um, Kyle Kuzma represent him in the lottery, even though they probably tried to trade his ass a few months ago. Yeah, no kidding. I think Kuzma... I like Kuzma, though, I gotta say. Kuzma's no, a fun guy. Kuzma's fine. He's a nice guy, fun social media presence. I bet he just wanted to be on stage. I think I think he understands the branding thing of this, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, no, not kind of Kuzma, but I'm just like, Lakers, my guys. Yeah, if he if he wants to be there, the Lakers Lakers can't say no, right? That's fair. Um, but like I don't know, he's he's so great on Twitter too. Like he just he's a good, he's a good follow. Yeah, me and Josh are good follows. Yeah, so. yeah. So Lakers, I don't know what you're doing, Cleveland. Y- y- you couldn't win this lottery, but you know you can't win them all, right? No. Oh. Although a couple of years ago, it looked like they could. Well. They can't, but David Griffin can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His, his, he's on quite the streak right now, huh? It's ridiculous. Three straight? I think so. Or is it's it's four and five for for the past five times he's been in the lottery. He's won it, right? Yeah. Plus another time where he like moved up like super high. I can't remember exact stats. Yeah. No, he's he's kind of the good luck charm. Plus, like, none of them were, like, they had the, like, they were, like two of those times, they didn't even have a remotely good shot at winning the lottery either. Yep. I mean, the Clippers pick winning it, which turned into Kyrie Irving, was absolutely insane. That was like, absolutely insane. Um, yeah. So, um, Phoenix luckily fell to six, so they can't screw up any more picks, uh, any more players. Six players. Just, just uh, for, like, people's, he, people's feelings. I'm sure, like all the all the top, you know, three or four picks are like, yes, thank God, we don't need to go there. Especially John Morant. I'm like, I'm really rooting for John Morant. I think he's a he's a great guy. I'm really excited to see what he can turn out. He would not turn out great in Phoenix. No, John Morant is fun. John Morant in Phoenix is not fun. Yeah, and they were for certain going to draft him, even if they got number one overall. Apparently. Um, so yeah, I mean, what what else should we say about the lottery? Um, uh, so Atlanta traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young in the tenth pick this year. Yeah, great, great pick, great, great trade. Good job, guys. Meanwhile, Dallas traded uh, the five and ten, number five last year, ten this year for Luka Doncic. So that just looks even better in hindsight. Too much. Um, you know. I, there's not too much else for big implications. I mean, you know, basically due to teams moving up, you know, Chicago, Atlanta, Washington fell down three picks, but they were always going to fall down one or two. Three, I think, was probably in the higher end, but whatever. Our team still is waiting on that Memphis pick. Our team won pretty big, considering New York didn't get Zion, the number one pick. 
and the Memphis pick did not convey, which means now they still have a huge, a huge asset in their back pocket. Yeah, obviously our team didn't win like super big with the whole Sacramento thing. Sacramento. Yeah, but they also could have lost super big with Sacramento. That's f- Sacramento was a very fine line there. That's fair. Sacramento becomes two, three, four. We're licking our chops. We're we're more we're happy beyond all all ends. But if that becomes number one overall, and now we get the twenty uh, fourth pick. Yeah, not so good. Not great. Not great. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no real, no real big things there. Um, so yeah, we we're, we're gonna save all NBA talk, uh, just our reactions from it until we hear the voters come out. There's, there's stuff to talk about with like players that made a lot of money and lost a lot of money and. All NBA and stuff, but yeah. So we just we're just gonna wait on that wait till there's there's more more time. Yeah, because um, yeah, I think there were there were like four to six guys that it really mattered for their contract wise, and in turn mattered for their team and that that team's cap space. Yep. So there's big there's big moving parts with that. So yeah, and do you have anything else, any little thing you want to talk about before we sign off? No, nothing, nothing really. I don't think there's anything of note. How Shout about, out how about yourself? Shout out who? Shout out to Brooks, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, Brooks was here. Brooks, Jesus Christ, that guy's scary. He's scary. Like, yeah. He's the closest thing I think we've seen to a robot in professional sports at this point. No kidding. I mean, he basically showed just, just, just absolutely play historical golf the first two days, and then you could just chill the whole weekend. Don't gotta play risky. Just sort of can make mistakes if you have to. I wish I remember who I saw tweet it or whatever, but it was. I keep saying this because people always say you can't win a tournament on Thursday and Friday. You can only lose a tournament. He somehow won the tournament on Thursday and then really won it on Friday. Yeah, he ba- he basically won it on Thursday because after that he was basically an average golfer. Uh, he, he, Friday he was about way above average. I mean, overall, he was seven under on Thursday. So for the next three days, all he had to do was shoot. He sh- he shot minus one over the next, didn't he? Overall, I think two. Okay. Yeah. I think he just had to shoot even par and he stole it one because I think Dustin Johnson finished six under for second yeah. place. So that's so. basically winning the tournament on Thursday. That's as close as you can get to winning the tournament on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. So um yeah, that that does it. That does it for this episode. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, um, we'll we'll be back to to talk about the finals at some point. So keep your eye on that. Do we do we know the date the finals start? I believe we do, right? I think it's next Thursday, something like that. And it cannot be moved up. So yeah, hopefully hopefully you hear us sometimes before then. Um, yeah, Thursday the thirtieth. So yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.